How many of y'all, um, I know we, this is first Wednesday and this is different for, uh, for a lot of people in this, in this uh, sanctuary tonight. I'm going to teach, preach. I'm going to treach in the house tonight. Is that okay? Uh, teach, preach. I'm going to treach. Um, and I know, man, we've got, uh, we've got a lot of people that, not, that, that didn't start this with me. But, uh, but you're going to get it tonight, and I'm going to be talking about the God I never knew tonight. This is one of the lessons that, that, um, that I would have been teaching on a normal Wednesday night, but I'm going to teach it tonight. I'm going to teach, preach it tonight. And so I might do a little teaching, might do a little preaching, but whatever comes your way, just take it, apply it, let it transform you, and we're going to leave different than the way we walked in. How many of y'all believe that? Say Amen. So we're going to propose a question tonight. The question is, does he baptize? Does he baptize? This is referring to the Holy Spirit. For, I, I, I've got to lay this foundation for those of you uh, that's been with me in the first four teachings of this series. I've got to lay a foundation. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, uh, I can't, I, I, I'm going to try to do review, man, we started this like, it seems like two months ago, come on somebody, and we had uh, all these different things going on on Wednesday night, but we talked about, is he God? How many of y'all know the Holy Spirit's God just like God the Father is God? God the Son is God. God the Holy Spirit is God, and for so long, it seems like he's been treated like this third class Second class, no pun intended, whatever, right there, member of the Trinity. He is fully God, just like God the Father is fully God, just like God the Son is fully God, God the Holy Spirit. It's because we believe in one God, eternally existing in three persons. So we talked about the Trinity one night. We talked about uh, his personhood. Is he a person? We talked about what constitutes personhood, meaning you got to have a personality because people don't relate People don't have personal relationships with things. You don't have personal relationships with things. You have personal relationships with persons. And so we talked about his personhood and how he is relatable to us in that aspect. We talked about all these different things. And then we talked about, is he Pentecostal? Come on, how many of y'all remember that? Is he Pentecostal? We talked about the Feast of Pentecost. We talked about how the word of Pentecost is so controversial today and uh, we talked about what it means and, and, and the fulfillment of the, peace, the feast of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit was poured out in the upper room. We talked about what that means to us today and I believe one of the last things we talked about is, is he charismatic? How many of y'all remember that? We talked about charisma. What does it mean to have charisma? And uh, we talked about how charisma takes on a cultural def definition. Amen. Everybody has this cultural definition of what charisma is. But there's also a biblical definition of charisma. And it's these giftings. It's grace giftings. It means he gifts us, um, he gives us gifts through his grace. And so, if, as a matter of fact, if you want to think about it, Everybody who's, who's a believer, everybody who's a born-again Christian should be charismatic 
because there should be uh, a, a gift in us. So anyway, th- that's some of the stuff that we've been talking about on Wednesday night. If, if you're looking at me confused like you don't know what I'm talking about right now, go back. All of this is on the live stream. You can go back uh, probably two months worth of, of Wednesday nights and you can get caught up on what we've been talking about as far as the God I never knew. Uh, This is a book by Robert Morris, one of the best books, hands down, just personally speaking, that I've ever read. Uh, that's not saying much. I haven't read that many books. No, I'm just playing. But uh, I-, I will say that this is one of the best books I've ever read. And so I highly recommend it if you want a great study, great book to read, uh, The God I Never Knew by Robert Morris. Okay, so tonight, does he baptize? I told you I'm going to teach. I'm going to preach. This is going to bring fresh revelation to some of you. I preach this series of messages. I don't know how many of y'all were here early, uh, mid to, to early 2020, I preached a series, Holy Spirit Revealed. How many of y'all remember that series? Wave your hand at me. Holy Spirit Revealed. If you remember that series, you're probably going to remember some of this teaching tonight. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to refresh your memory. And for those of you that was not here then, or maybe you don't remember, this is going to bring fresh revelation. And it's going to click. If you've ever been confused or if you've been given misinformation about the baptism with the Holy Spirit or the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and if you've been wanting to know more information about this, this is going to make it all click in your mind tonight, and I hope to bring you fresh revelation. So does he baptize? The first thing I want you to understand tonight, I told you I'm going to teach. I don't know if I'm going to have really a main scripture tonight, but I want you to take notes, okay? Are y'all ready for this? Are you ready? Say amen. I need to know you're with me. Take your two fingers, put it on your neck. Do you have a pulse? If you've got a pulse, I want to hear some feedback tonight. Are y'all ready for this? Amen. Okay. So the first thing I want to talk about is the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. Number one, write that down. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. This is important. The scripture that I want to point out is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 13, it says this, for by one spirit we were all baptized into what? One body. Leave that scripture up if you want to, if you, if you, if y'all don't mind. For by one spirit, notice that word spirit is capitalized. Who is that referring to right there? The Holy Spirit. So by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Does anybody want to take a stab at what that is? The body of Christ. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. What is this? I'm getting ahead of myself, but this is salvation. This is salvation right here. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Baptized means to immerse completely. To immerse completely. I just want to go ahead. This is a little rabbit trail, okay? If you were sprinkled, it don't count. No, I'm just playing. Come on. That's just. But we believe in baptism by immersion, okay? Because that's what baptism is. That's what baptized means, to immerse completely. So when the Holy Spirit is baptizing us into the body of Christ, who is the agent performing the baptism? The Holy Spirit. How many grammar teachers do we have in the house tonight? English teachers. How many teachers do we have in the house tonight? Let me put it that way. Okay, praise God. We have a subject, 
We have a verb, and then we have the object of that sentence right there. Amen? So who is the one doing the baptism? The Holy Spirit is baptizing us into the body of Christ. So the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. Number two, write this down. The disciple baptizes us in water. This is the second baptism. The first baptism is into the body of Christ. The second baptism is what you just witnessed Sunday morning here in this worship service. How many people did we have baptized Sunday? Five, six people baptized Sunday? That was water baptism. That's the second baptism. And who does the baptism? Look at Matthew 28, verse 19. This is Jesus talking to his disciples, and what does he tell them? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when we baptize people in water, what do we do? We say we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's water baptism. Somebody say that's water baptism. Who's doing the baptism? The disciples, the believers. In today's terms, your pastor your spiritual father, your spiritual leader, whatever the case may be, is the one performing the baptism. Now, there's no controversy surrounding these first two baptisms, is there? Everybody believes in these first two baptisms. Everybody believes in baptism into the body of Christ. Everybody believes in salvation. Everybody believes in water baptism, even though some people do it different. Come on, somebody. Everybody believes in that, but what surrounds, there's so much controversy surrounding this third baptism outlined in the Word of God, and that is this. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3, 11, look at that. It says this. This is Matthew quoting John the Baptist. He said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me, who is he? Jesus. He who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Who is the agent performing this baptism? Jesus, it's not the Holy Spirit because we are being baptized in the Holy Spirit, but the one who is performing the baptism is who? Jesus Christ. Can you obviously see the three baptisms that's outlined in the Word of God now? Wave your hand at me. See, John, I'm going to clarify a couple of things right here. John wasn't speaking to the 12 disciples here. There's those that said, well, the the baptism in the Holy Spirit is only for the apostles. Wave your hand if you've ever heard that that teaching before. I've heard that teaching before. I've heard a lot of denominations teach that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was only for the apostles, and and it stopped a lot of the, the supernatural gifts of the Spirit stopped with the dying out of the apostles. But I want you to understand something right here. John wasn't even speaking to the apostles in this scripture. The apostles, the disciples, had not even been called yet. 
This is in Matthew chapter 3. The disciples wasn't called to Matthew chapter 4. This is prior to the calling of the disciples. He also wasn't speaking to the 120 in the upper room. Because there's a lot of people that say, well, that was for then and there, and he baptized them in the Holy Spirit. And all the signs and wonders followed those people. But how many of y'all know this definitely was way before the 120 in the upper room? So who was this meant for? This was meant for anyone who believes in Jesus Christ, confesses their sins to him, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And see, there is one coming after me whose sandals I'm not worthy to to even tie, and he's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. Sorry, I'm Church of God, Pentecostal. I say Holy Ghost. I hope that's not scary to some people in the house. Okay. Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. Some people, when you say Holy Ghost, they're like, eyes get this big around. You know what I mean? Who's doing the baptism in this verse? Jesus. What is he baptizing us in or with? The Holy Spirit. So write this down. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Number one is the baptism. I want you to, I want you to under, understand this. And I don't want to get too technical tonight, but I'm going to teach this. Somebody say he's going to teach this. The reason why I believe there's been so much confusion surrounding the third baptism is because people in a Pentecostal faith don't know what to call it. Because we've called it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? The baptism of the Holy Spirit is salvation. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is salvation. Because who is doing the baptism? Baptism of the Holy Spirit when he is baptizing us into the body of Christ. Not trying to be technical here, but what you're really referring to is the baptism in the Holy Spirit or the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And, and, And you can think whatever you want to think right there, but you either know grammar or you don't know grammar. Come on, somebody. It's not, sometimes it's not a matter of theology. Sometimes it's a matter of third grade grammar. Different subjects, Jesus, the disciples, and the Holy Spirit. Obviously, three different, they can't be the same because you have different subjects in each sentence. It can't be the same because there's a lot of people that will, that will say the first and the third are the same. You got it all when you got salvation. And so they think the first baptism and the third baptism are the same thing, but the first and the third baptism can't be the same thing because you got two different subjects. You got two different agents performing the baptism. So obviously it's what? Two different baptisms. Are we on the same page? This is in all four of the Gospels. I want to point this out. This scripture in Matthew, so we've already stated this scripture in Matthew, so let's look at a scripture in Mark. This is in all four of the Gospels. Mark 1 and 8. I indeed baptize you with water. This is, this is quoting John again. But he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is in the book of Luke. Luke 3, 16. John answers saying to all, 
indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than me. Notice that word one right there is referring to some one specifically. Who is he referring to? Jesus is the one performing the baptism. There is one mightier than I coming whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to lose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And last but not least, it is in the book of John. John 1 verse 33. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. It's referring to Jesus. Write this down. Three baptisms are salvation, water, and spirit. Salvation meaning you are born again. Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and he said, how can anyone even go to heaven? How can anyone inherit the kingdom? How can anyone get all of this unless he be what? Born again. And, and Nicodemus, you know, has this, what are you talking about that I, you know, I'm sure you're not talking about that I go back into my mother's womb and I can't do that. He said, no, unless one is born of the water and the spirit. And, he, and Jesus even begins to teach all of these baptisms. But what is so significant about this is that when you refer to salvation, we are being born again, not in the flesh, but in the spirit, meaning we are born as children of God. And I will take it a step further, as perfect children of God. How many of y'all think your kids are perfect? Come on, somebody. Jaden and Kaysen, I know are perfect. Listen to me. When you're born again, you are a perfect child of God. Some of you need to get a fresh revelation of who you are in Jesus Christ. You are a perfect child of God. You're not perfect in performance, but you're perfect in position. You're going to mess up. Yeah, you're going to mess up. You're not perfect in performance, but you're perfect in position. Meaning, I have a new position in Christ Jesus. And so that's what salvation again is, again, water baptism. Again, we all know water baptism, but spirit baptism is that third baptism. And I want you to understand, Jesus is our example. How many of y'all call yourself a Christian? Wave your hand in the air like you just don't care. You a Christian? You call yourself a I am a, what's the song, C-H, I am a C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E-N, and I have C-H-R-I-S-T in my H-E-A-R-T, and that's, that's all those songs. Y'all grew up in kids' church. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. They probably, y'all probably still sing those songs at Beacon, don't you? That's what I'm talking, yeah. Y'all still pull those songs out. But here's the thing, Jesus should be our example. To be a Christian is to be what? Christ-like. How many of y'all know Jesus had all three of these? Pastor Jesus got saved. Jesus was born right. Jesus was born right. Jesus was baptized in water. And Jesus was Holy Spirit baptized. Jesus himself was Holy Spirit baptized. John himself 
witness this. The one whom you see the Holy Spirit descending on like a dove and does not leave him. He is the one that's going to baptize you in the whole, with the Holy Spirit and fire. How many of y'all think that if Jesus, the Son, the only begotten Son of God, needed the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, to live life on the face of this earth today, how many of you think you and I need the baptism in the Holy Spirit? If Jesus needed it, I need it. Now, you can think ever how you want to think about that. Don't get mad. Praise God. Acts 2, verse 38. I want to, this, is, this is a platform. This is really a platform. This is a pattern all throughout Scripture, these three baptisms. It's a pattern all throughout Scripture. Acts 2, verse 38. Then Peter said to them, repent. Repent. Be saved. And let every one of you be baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There's the three baptisms in one Scripture. Acts 8, verse 12. I love this. This is one of my favorites. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Christ, both men and women were. So they received salvation. They believed. And then they were what? What is this? The first what? The first two. Baptism into the body of Christ through salvation or believing. And then they were baptized in water. And then look at verse 14. Acts chapter 8 verse 14. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. So they heard that they received the word of God. They heard that they believed. They heard that there were some believers in this region. And so they sent Peter and John to them. And look at verse 15 who when they had come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And look at verse 17. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Three baptisms in one text. Salvation, water baptism, Holy Spirit baptism. BTW, this was five years after Pentecost. Acts chapter 8, five years after Pentecost. Oh, but it was just for the 120 in the upper room. No, five years later, they were still preaching three baptisms. Salvation, water, Holy Spirit. Have you received Jesus as your personal Savior? Ask yourself that. Have you received Jesus as your personal Savior? Now ask yourself, have you received the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Because that's what the believers in this scripture was asked. Have you been saved? Have you been baptized in water? Have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Ask yourself that question. Acts chapter 19. I love this one too. 
Acts chapter 19. Praise God. Is this good? Are y'all appreciating this tonight? Okay. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some, say it, disciples. What contributes a disciple, a believer, a follower of Christ? Amen? Do we all agree? He found some disciples who believed in Jesus, who was forgiven of their sins. They had repented. They, they, they put their faith in Jesus. But look at what verse 2 says. Go on to verse 2. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, I, I love their response. I love their response. As a matter of fact, let me, let me, let me camp out right here for a minute. Do you all have time for this tonight? I'll, I'll try to get you out of here by 745. But this is, very, this is a passion of mine, okay? This is a very deep passion of mine that people understand this. Paul, who we contribute most of the writings of the New Testament to, the father of, a, of our faith, I mean, he is, man, he, he, he's got it. He knows. If anybody knows, Paul knows. Amen? If you gotta, if you gotta whip that driver, boy, just go ahead and do it, okay? Why would Paul, who is so knowledgeable in the faith, have to even ask that question if he already knew they were disciples? Why would he even differentiate? Somebody say that word. Differentiate. Did I say it right? The two, if there was not two, if there were not separate baptisms, if they were already disciples, Paul would have just assumed your disciples, your believers, oh, then you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. But no, he took the time. He said, look, I want to know, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So when you believed, did you pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And so they said this. They said to him, and I love this, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. These people might have went to some of the same churches Never mind. We don't want to talk about this. We haven't, Pastor, we haven't even heard about this. This is totally new. But Paul took this opportunity to ask them and to tell them and to teach them and to instruct them. And then in verse 3, and he said to them, into what then were you baptized? He wanted to, he was just checking up on them, like any pastor would do. All right, you say you've been saved? Let me, let me ask. Let me ask. Into what were you baptized? So they said in John's baptism. John preached a baptism of repentance. Repent for the remission of your sins. He said, oh, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a, with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Jesus Christ. So they believed in Jesus Christ. They repented. They believed in Jesus. And then verse 5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is water baptism. 
right here. They believed what's the only prerequisite of water baptism? Salvation. If you have been born again, saved, forgiven of your sins, you are a candidate for water baptism. So he said, okay, you've repented of your sins. You've believed in Jesus Christ. So then they baptized them. But look at verse 6. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came. Notice that phrase right there. Came what? Baptism. Submersion. Came upon them. Came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. BTW, by the way, 25 years after Pentecost. 25 years. After Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 19 is 25 years later. And they were still teaching people about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'm even having to relearn. Because I, it's what I've been raised in my whole life. I've been raised in a Pentecostal church my whole life. And I've just heard it a certain way. But now I'm studying to show myself approved. Amen? Which is what we're all, what? Called to do. And so... Here you see the three baptisms, even 25 years after Pentecost. One more. 1 John chapter 5. Can y'all handle this? 1 John chapter 5. I know I'm throwing a lot of scripture at you tonight, but I'm hoping you're getting this. I know this is different. You probably expected a little bit more preaching, but um, you're getting treaching tonight. You don't really know how to take it. You're like, oh, I sort of like it, but I don't know. 1 John Chapter 5, verse 7. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. Three that bear witness in heaven. So as it, in heaven as, or on earth as it is in, man, this is going to be an awesome scripture right here. This, y'all are going to love this scripture. This is going to become somebody's new favorite scripture. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, which we know is who? Jesus. The Word became flesh. Amen. Jesus Christ, the Father, the Word, and who? The Holy Spirit. And those three are one. We believe in one God. Eternally existing in three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But I love verse 8. Look at verse 8. And there are three that bear witness on. So on earth as it is in. So there's three that bear witness in heaven, and there's three that bear witness on earth. Who's the three that bear witness on earth? The spirit, the water, and the blood. These three agree as one. They testify to the supernatural. They testify to what Jesus came to accomplish. Being born again, being baptized in water, and being baptized in the Holy Spirit. These three baptisms testify to each other when we get saved we become a new person when we get water baptism water baptized the old person's cut off it's gone dead never to be raised back up come on it's gone how many of y'all you're not who you used to be the, you, the old you's dead and gone the old you was buried that's what water baptism is and with the holy spirit baptism we are empowered to walk in the new life. Listen to me. Holy Spirit baptism is what empowers you to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. 
This is going to get good. And this is why so many believers are defeated today. And I'm about to get down, and I'm going to preach this for a minute. Pastor Tim, you can come on to the keyboard whenever you get ready because I'm going to wind this up or wind it down, and I'm not sure which way it's going to go, but it's going to go one way or the other. Amen? It's my personal belief that the reason why so many Christians are living a defeated life today is because they are, what's that word that, we've been, that Paul uses? I don't want you to be ignorant. Ignorance, not stupid. They're not stupid. It's just that they haven't been taught or they've been given misinformation. And there's, been so, there's so many Christians today that's living a defeated life because they are unaware or misinformed of the third baptism. Because it is Holy Spirit baptism that empowers you to walk the walk, to, to live a, man, a, a, a life of a victor, an overcomer. So here's what I want you to understand tonight. It is so important It is so important for you not to be satisfied with just experiencing the first two baptisms. It is so important for you not to just be content with only the first two baptisms in your life. Teach this to your kids. Talk about it in your home. We've got to raise up a generation today that... that, Man, it's not running like a, like a puppy with its tail tucked between its legs every time the enemy tries to rear its head up. Because we're not some kind of powerless church, but we've been empowered from on high with the baptism in the Holy Spirit to be witnesses, to do all of these things. And, and look, at it. I'm going to, sk- listen, just for media references back there, I'm going to skip 1 Corinthians because I don't have time, and I'm going to go straight to, to my closing. So you can, throw the, you can throw the graphic back up if you want to. The God will never need graphic. A little illustration for closing tonight, okay? Illustration. How many of y'all like illustrations? Wave your, wave your hand. I like illustrations. I wish I had a visual, but, but I, I, I didn't get it. Woe to me. When you come into the tabernacle, I'm talking about the Old Testament tabernacle. You had to do three things before you could go into the Holy of Holies. Isn't this a coincidence? No. It's by divine design. Three things before you went into the Holy of Holies. What did the Holy of Holies represent? The presence of God. This is where the presence of God dwelt. Into the most holy place. And before you could go into the most holy place, you had to go through three things. You had to pass by three things. There was an altar where you would shed the blood of a lamb. What does this represent? Salvation. Salvation. How many of y'all believe that the spotless lamb of God removed the sin of the world? How many of y'all believe that Jesus Christ made a way for all of us to be saved, not just a select few, but whosoever? Man, I could get into a lot of doctrine right there, but I don't have time tonight. Pass by an altar, number one, salvation, where the blood of the lamb was sprinkled. Number two, there was a laver, a water basin, 
where you would be washed with water. What does this represent? Baptism. Water baptism. Water baptism. Then number three, last thing, is then you had to be anointed with oil. And this oil, this anointing with the oil represented, oil in the Bible is always a representation of who? The Holy Spirit. And this was a picture of three baptisms even in the Old Testament. I'm telling you, all throughout Scripture, all throughout the Word of God, all throughout the Bible, I don't care where you go. You can go to the Old Testament, you see a, you see a picture of all these. You go to the New Testament, you see a picture of all these. It's all throughout the Word of God. It's so it doesn't take a theological degree. All it takes is, is just a, a basic understanding of grammar. And a lot of you laughed when I said that earlier, but I'm just, I'm being serious. If, if, if you know, I mean, I don't know why there's so much controversy surrounding this today. I don't know why there's different denominations that, that build their whole denomination around this doctrine today of difference between in, in beliefs on this. It's just so simple in my mind. It's so evident. It's so obvious. It's so obvious. So obvious. And I don't understand it. I don't understand why it's so much controversy. But I want to ask you, how many of these steps have you done? And I don't want to get too harsh tonight. I don't want to get too harsh but I want to ask you something. And this is where it's going to get, I don't know. God, can they handle this tonight? What happened to the high priest if he went into the Holy of Holies incorrectly? He died. Wow. That's why we have so many Christians struggling today. Seeming like, they're longing for the presence of God. They're longing to experience His presence. How many of y'all long to experience His presence? Wave your hand at me. His presence is so precious. You want to experience His presence like you've never experienced His presence before? Experience the third baptism. Baptism into the body of Christ is so good. It's so good. Man, celebrating. Could y'all just, could y'all feel the excitement in the room Sunday? Every single month when we have water, there's just something. God sort of gave me a fresh revelation. I knew I told you I'd have you out of here by 745. I'm trying to hut. I'm trying to, to, to rush. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dismiss myself at 745, and then, then you're on God's time. So I got three more minutes. God's gave me a, a, a really a new, fresh revelation even about water baptism. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I'm being vulnerable tonight, and I'm just, whatever. Pop's got this saying. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but it's my grandpa, and then he proceeds to say it. But I want to tell you, God's really changed my perspective even on water baptism. I used to think that water baptism was only this, this sign, and that it was just a sign. But I'm going to tell you, I believe there's something really special about it. I really do believe that there's something spiritually. Now, there's people who take it to the extreme. 
that they say you have to be water baptized before you can be saved. That's not biblical. But there's something special about water baptism. And the old is cut off. It's like when the Israelites passed through the Red Sea. That was just like a, a, a foreshadowing of water baptism, meaning, man, the old was, Egypt was, Egypt was behind them. Pharaoh's army was, was, was gone. Pharaoh's army was cut off. Okay, two minutes. Salvation, water baptism, but I'm going to tell you, the presence of God, you've never experienced the fullness. I don't even think any of us experience the fullness, of, but you haven't experienced anything in your life like the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You thought salvation was awesome, and it is. Water baptism is awesome, but I'm going to tell you, Man, you get baptized in the Holy Spirit and you really just get submerged, submerged, submerged in the presence of God. Golly, you don't want to leave. You don't want to leave. You don't want to go anywhere. I want to stay right here. I want to, I want to be in your presence. I want to be right here. It's the sweetest thing I've ever experienced in my life. There's no drug, there's no alcohol, there's no needle, there's nothing in this life that can even compare to his presence, his presence, his presence, stand. I'm going to pray I want y'all to just linger in worship for a little while I'm going to get out of the way and what I'm going to do right now is I'm just going to speak a, a prayer blessing over all of you and if you need to go you're free to go I'm not holding you hostage as soon as I pray you can, you can leave but if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit I want you to just begin to make your way to this altar after I pray and just seek his presence. Just seek his presence. Y'all ready? Let's pray. God, I love you. And I praise you for this night. And I thank you, God, for this opportunity that we had to come into your house tonight. And I just pray, God, that right now you would have your way from the front to the back, from wall to wall. I pray, Lord Jesus, let your Holy Spirit begin to draw as only you can. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would accomplish, God, only that that you can accomplish tonight is out of my hands, is out of my control, Jesus. Jesus, you are the agent in this room tonight.